Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, now Exodus chapter 3. And praise the Lord. What a great year we have had. Amen. As a church, as people, as nations, the whole world, we're grateful to God, thankful to His Word. It's growing and growing and growing massively. Amen. Amen. Through many churches and many ministries. And I believe God that in the coming year, many more churches will be involved in global evangelism and, and spread the light of God's Word in different places. It's going to happen. It's going to happen all over the place. Praise the Lord. Exodus 3, quickly. I want to run through some texts of scripture. In Exodus 3, verse, that's it, 20, verse 4. And this is Moses. I'm going to read, okay, let me just go to 14. Sorry, time. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, I am as sent me to you. Then God said to Moses, and moreover, verse 15, Thou shalt say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, that is not an Old Testament phrase. I've told you before, you don't call any book of the Bible Old Testament. Is that clear? Uh, it's God's word. Now, just go to Matthew 22, uh, before we get in there. And when he said that to Moses, uh, it means a God of promise, a God of his covenant, a God of his word. And he had said that for a repetition in verse 5. I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. As soon as Moses heard that, he hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Hallelujah. He knew what that meant. He knew what it meant. Now, go to Matthew 22. We're going to be back here. Matthew 22. Matthew's Gospel 22, where uh, a, a question was posed on Jesus. We are looking at a new year, and I told you before, God's word doesn't change in any year. Now, we can have an emphasis, all right, that he wants us to have, but his word does not change. We have to just remind ourselves every year of the unchangeable nature of God's word. Now remember what he said here to Moses. If you go back to uh, Genesis 48 and 15. Where Jacob said. God before of my fathers. Abraham and Isaac. Who fed me all my life long. Genesis 48 15. That is God the shepherd. The angel that redeemed me from all evil. Verse 16. So it's a consistent fact that he is called the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Notice he's not God of Abraham as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Now, in, in Matthew's Gospel 22, I don't like reading the A part of this text, so allow me to jump it. Verse 35. Then one of them asked him, Are you there? 
Matthew 22, 35. Then one of them, which was something, asked him a question. Whatever made you laugh, God will judge you. Tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment of the law? Now, when he says the great commandment of the law, he's not referring to legalism. I've told you, law doesn't mean legalism. Law is another way of referring to the scriptures. Doesn't mean legalism. Law is not legalism. In John's Gospel 10 and 34, Jesus said, is it not written in your law? And he's referring to the Psalms. You are gods and children of the Most High. So he's referring to the Psalms. So the Old Testament, which is the scriptures, the word of God, is called the law. Paul calls it the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.2. He calls it the law of faith in Romans 3 and verse 27, 28 to 30. The law of faith. So the law, the word law is not legal. It's not a legal word. And I've done that story because, you know, this service is different. I'm not going to go into that detail, but you should know what I'm saying. So when it says the great command of the law, it meant that what is that great commandment? The high point of the scriptures. Don't forget, Jesus didn't have Matthew, 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 Mark, Luke, and John. He didn't have the book of Acts. He didn't have Romans. He didn't have Ephesians. He didn't have First and Second Corinthians. What he had was Genesis to Malachi. And it was called the law. So when he says, what is that great commandment? What is that great commandment? The Greek says, megas entole. That high point, instruction of the scriptures. Jesus now answered and said to him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. Look at the word love. It's used twice. Love towards God and love towards people. And he says on these two commandments, hangs all the law and the prophets. Now, I like how Mark, uh, Mark gave us a detail that Matthew didn't put. But Matthew will assume that you'll go in there to read it. Mark's Gospel 12. The same question. I want you to follow the, there's a, there's a pattern there I'm going to go to in a moment. In verse 28, which is the first commandment of all? That was what the guy asked. Jesus said, the first of all commandment is, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, he goes to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4 and 5. I've said to you many times that Deuteronomy is a centerpiece of the doctrine of the Old Testament and the Bible. It's, it's, Deuteronomy is at the three places Jesus referred to when he was tempted by the devil. Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Deuteronomy 6.13, 6.16, The three texts. When Paul was going to describe the resurrection of Jesus, all right, in Romans chapter 10, verse 6 and 7, it, it, it goes to Deuteronomy 30. Verse 11, verse 12, through to verse 14. When Jeremiah is going to talk about the new covenant, Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 34, he goes to Deuteronomy 30, verse 5 and 6, a new heart, a new spirit. So Deuteronomy is a centerpiece of the doctrine of the Old Testament. If that is it, there is a centerpiece of the doctrine of the Bible. Deuteronomy is what we can call new covenant. Said that to you, taught you that over and over again. Now, when he made this statement, I want you to follow the sequence. 
The sequence of this event in Matthew 20, go back to Matthew 22, exactly the same sequence in Mark 12, but I just want to show you this. When he told, in 29, he said, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry, nor are given in marriage, but as angels of God in heaven. As touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Was that what we read earlier? Look at that sequence. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. It was after this. Now, when he said this, they were astonished at his doctrine. Then the Pharisee now put the test to him. What is that great commandment? So he answered them. Now, look at the, the outflow of that question. After he had answered that question, while they were gathered together in verse 41, Matthew 22, he asked them saying, who do you think, what do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said, oh, he's the son of David. Then they said, ah, he's the son of David? Okay, if he's the son of David, ah, how then, verse 43, does David in spirit calls him Lord? Saying, this is Psalm 110 verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit down on my right hand till I make thine enemies your footstool. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? If David calls him Lord, if he calls him Lord. Now in the Greek, that's the word kurios, K-U-R-I-O-U-S. But in the Hebrew, it is the word Adonai. Another description of God. Yahweh. So when he answered this question, he said, David calls him Adonai. Now, you, David is a king. He cannot call his child Adonai. Adonai is your master. The master of the king is Yahweh. God himself. What's Jesus saying here? He is, look at what we started from Matthew 22. The great commandment, love the Lord your God. The Lord your God. The Lord your God. Yahweh who is God. Love him. Then he said it by, I'm the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, I'm the God of Jacob. Then he says, the Christ, whom it's obvious is the Lord your God, whose son is he? Son of David. You're right. But then he's also David's Lord. And they were quiet. If he is the Christ, then he is the God of Abraham. Is the God of Isaac and is the God of Jacob. Hallelujah. So that great commandment of the Old Testament is to love him. Now, what does it mean to love? Now, in today's language, love is used for romantic things. I love you. It is usually uh, used by people that want to marry one another, like one another, originally, with many exceptions. And the first time, my dad looked at me and he said, you know, I love you. I kind of felt, ah, very hard. Love me? That's a romantic word. You don't love me, you flog me. And he said, you know, I love you sincerely, you know, because we, we see it differently. But the word love here in the Hebrew is the word ahib. A-H-E-B. Now, why do we often have to refer to the Greek and Hebrew? Now, some guys, you, you freak out when you get the, the freak out. Say, some people, all they do is do is be quoting Greek and Hebrew. That's not the meat of the word. Give us the suya of the word. <laughs> Nonsense. You know, that's rubbish. No one has stopped you from studying, okay? No one has stopped you. Anyone that talks like that deserves your prayers. I'm not joking. 
Anybody that talks down on studying that way deserves prayers and make it in the spirit. So the word love is a he. It's an interesting word. It's one of those words I call a a big word. It has a multilateral meaning. It means to honor, to esteem, to care for, to trust and believe. To honor, to esteem, to care for, to trust and believe. So it depends on the context. That's why it says to love the Lord your God, which obviously means to esteem him, to esteem him by believing in him, by trusting in him. Okay? Then he uses the same word to love your neighbor, which doesn't mean you should trust your neighbor, but it means you esteem your neighbor and treat your neighbor well. See, it's a, it's a big word. It can mean faith, to believe. It can mean to trust. Also means to esteem. Because whatever you trust, you equally esteem. So in other words, faith in God is the love of God. Faith in God is the love of God. And look at how Paul, uh, Paul uses the same text, the one we mentioned earlier. In Romans 8.28, he says, All things work together for good to them who love God. To them who love God. All things work together for good to them who love God. Now, that's not talking about, that's about faith in God. Now, we say, who love God, that's the Old Testament verbiage. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. Who love God to them who are the core according to the purpose. Romans 5.8 it says, um, the love of God is shed abroad. Now, that love of God is correct. Same what Ahib brought into the New Testament. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians 2, 9. All things, I mean, um, um, eye has not seen, he has not heard, neither has said to the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for them that love him. That's the same phrase. Love him. So the New Testament writers also use love for faith. To them that love him. Now, in 1 Corinthians 8, 3, Paul says, anyone who loves God is known of him. If a man says he loves God, then it's not, so if a man says he loves God, he loves God there means he believes in him. Let me see you if you're following that right now. So, love God is not works. Is that clear? Come on now. Is that clear? It's not works mentality. No. It's not legalism. It's actually faith and to esteem him. Hallelujah. So in 1 John 4.20, John says, how can a man say he loves God and then doesn't love his brother? See how he uses it. He uses Jeremiah 6 and 4 and 5 and then the second statement Jesus made. If you say you love God, if you have faith in God, the proof of it is that you love others. So love has two things. The love of God. The love of God is to have faith in God and because of that faith in God, you love other people. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So which means love means to esteem. To treat right. To esteem God will mean to believe him. To esteem your neighbor will mean to treat him right. To care for. To forgive. Hallelujah. See I'm born of the love of God. I naturally trust God. See I naturally trust God. I naturally I care for others. So loving God is not works. Is that clear? <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> it's the work of the Spirit. Glory to God. So we love God. See, I love God. So we love God. So here is Jesus in Matthew 22. 
He makes that connection. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the one we ought to love with all our heart, might, and soul. And he is the seed of David who was raised from the dead. Which means, like I taught you at the World Changes Conference and series we had done before then, Jesus did not show up in the four Gospels. No. Jesus was born by a woman in the four Gospels, but Jesus is not also just a promise in the Old Testament. No. He's an actor. An active participant in the Old Testament. Hallelujah. It's not just, just show them and say, you know, uh, let me come and clear the mess. You know, you guys have thought that God is like this. So when I show up, you see, no, no, no. He is God. He said before Abraham, he, he, he connects what God said to Moses, what Moses gave as a commandment, all right, and how David prophesied to himself. I am the one who appeared to Moses. I am the one who you ought to trust. And from your trust in me, you love people. I am the one who is the seed of David, who equally is David's Lord. Let me see if you understand that. All right, good. So that is who he is. And so watch this now. David, in Psalm 24, now prophesies. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. The love of God is born in my heart. What about you? What does it do? It, it makes me trust God naturally. It makes me care for others. Glory to God. The Lord God burns in your heart. You trust him. You believe his word. Hallelujah. You naturally believe his word. Hallelujah. The love of God makes you follow God. You trust him. Hallelujah. You trust his leadership. You trust his direction. You trust his will. Hallelujah. See, I've got the love of God working in me. So I've got the love of God walking in me. So I've got the love of God walking in me. Paul says it was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Notice those two things. We esteem God and we esteem his people. We esteem God by faith. We esteem his people by showing care, forgiveness, kindness. Because the fruit of love is love. Hallelujah. The fruit of love towards God, which is faith, is love towards people. So you cannot have a personal Christian life. You say, my Christian life is very personal. You are not yet a Christian. Or you have a, 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 wrong, a wrong idea of it. I'm joking. You could be a Christian. But you see, you say, I, I'm by, my Christianity is personal. It's very personal. Between me and God. No, no, no. Jesus said the second one is like the first one. Which means that and he uses two words in there, which is the word ditros and proton, which is the first one, which is the proton means this is the model. You esteem God so you can esteem others. You cannot say you have faith in God and you have bad relationships with people. No. Faith in God, listen to me, makes you a relational person. Because you begin to see what God sees. See, I see what he sees. See that? Faith in God makes you see things the way God sees it. And that's why you love your neighbor. You love your neighbor. You begin to esteem people. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, like he said, which means you cannot be racist. Because someone's color becomes 
on it becomes irrelevant to you. Hallelujah. Someone's wealth or lack of it, it becomes irrelevant to you. Because you love the person as you you will begin to esteem people like yourself. Glory to God. We're going to see that in a moment. The love of God makes you not just esteem God, you esteem people. Glory to God. So when you get to a service, and then the person sitting next to you, it's almost like you get to a service, and then, you know, you are all, uh, uh, there's some Louis Vuitton, is that the name? Uh, you know it. I don't know the name, but what was it? Vuitton. Is it it? If you don't tell me, what's the name? Huh? What's the name? Remove your mask. Nothing wrong. Louis Vuitton. That's it. That's the divine designer, right? Okay, so you, and the guy's all dragged up. Then he comes with the cars, and you know, and then he sits beside you in church, and you are worshiping God here, smelling the perfume. And then someone else just walks in. He doesn't look good. He's looking tattered, not you. You know, tattered, and he doesn't have perfume. In fact, the perfume he has is the other side. And then he's telling you, he said, ah, ah, you feel like ushers now. Why do you allow? You, know, you can't. You can actually do that. Oshas, oshas, Brobiji. You know, you say Brobiji. You know, you you be like that. Or someone greets you after service, and he's not something looks so. You look at him and you say, "Bless you." You know, there's a hug. You go. <laughs> you know. You know, just bless you. Oh, bless you. Then the, the guy who looks okay and he say, Oh, you are the one that stretches you. And you, you. And you like that? The love of God is not in you. Glory to God. Because we esteem people like ourselves. Glory to God. See, I value people the way God values them. In the years to come, my valuation is from God's word. You, you can't be racist and walk in the spirit. You can't be an ethnic bigot. Ethnicity. You can't look down on the poor and say you have the love of God. It's not possible. It's not possible. Because this is what it produces. To esteem people. People are in your office, of course. And then the, the gate man. You know, the security man. That's what we call them in Nigeria. You say, hello. Yeah, yeah you know, you look at the best. Ooh, yeah, yeah. You know, and people could be like that. There was a guy who came for one of our services, was going to see me. What at 378 about Macaulay. So he got to the gate and he saw me. Then he said, um, please, I want to see Pastor Chris. So I said, uh, what, what's the problem? He said, I don't want to talk to any or anybody, any of this. Uh, I want to talk to him. I don't want to talk just, just any kind of person. And I was the one he was talking to. You know, you know, when, when you see me sometimes, I have no form, no communist. So he, he was looking at me and said, I don't want to talk to, I think he said, just any kind of person. Or any of his, uh, maybe any of his boys. I'll talk to him. I didn't come to see, I came to see the G.O. <laughs> and I'm not one anyway. So I said, go inside. So he went in and then someone said, ah, he's outside. He said, where? So he now started coming gradually. I was I was feeling him from the back, so I was. <laughs> so he said, "Ah, good evening, sir." I said, "Yeah." 
I said, I want to talk to you. I said, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> you have bad manners. You have bad manners. Praise the Lord. When you finish speaking in tongues, speak in love. Is that clear? Yes, don't finish speaking in tongues and say, Are you mad? That's interpretation. So the love of God burns in my heart. And don't just do it in church. When you get to your workplace, I know you are the MD, MD CEO, chairman, chairwoman, chair lady, president. Huh? Doesn't matter. Praise the Lord. Let's get among your staff and look for the chairman. Because you are born of God. I know in the maybe in the business school they said no. Uh, four ways to be unique. The way you will be unique is by the fruit of the spirits. Hallelujah. Is that clear? Say the love of God burns in my heart. So as David, he says the earth is the Lord's. Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they are doing it. He's not saying the earth is the Lord. So the way you see one lovely Jaguar, 2022 model. Jaguar. Is that Jaguar? That's a Jaguar. Say, wow. Um, the earth is the Lord. Hey, hey, don't forget, in a few years, that Jaguar will become Uber. You know what? Years ago, there was this car I wanted to buy. I was faithing it, believing it. I was speaking it into, you know, you are speaking it into uh, operation. So we now had a trip. We went to uh, Asia. Well, no, we eventually went to Singapore. So the cab that was used to take us, taxi, was my faith project. <laughs> You know, let me say it in Yoruba, Tazi. I got in there and said, oh. And that every car, you say, wow, this car, this house, you know, that house. Ha! Huh? If you enter the house, there was one house like that. The house was so fine. When I got to my primary school to describe the house, I said, it has no design. That is like they took paper like this and chewed it. That's it. I said, oh. I said, that house huh, is something else. I said, you just enter one room, another room, you say, eh, 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 eh. I saw that house two years ago. I said, ah, <laughs> it had no form of communist. <laughs> Glory to God. So when David says the earth is the Lord, he's not talking about those kind of things. Is that clear? <laughs> he said, the fullness, said, those that dwell there. Glory to God. I said, Glory to God. Those that dwell there. And he uses the word fullness. That word has three words. Male or mala. M-A-L-E, M-A-L-O and M-A-L-A. M-A-L-E, M-A-L-O, M-A-L-E. It's the same word in Genesis 1, 22 and 28. The fullness. Fill the earth. So when David said the earth is the Lord's, he's saying God wants to fill the earth with people. Now, interestingly, as you see Genesis 1, 28, when he gave the commandment, that great commandment, that great, uh, the, the, where, the, where you have the great commission in a seed form, it says, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. That's a great commandment. Because how do you know? Adam and Eve did not have children that filled the earth. So that's a great commission. And so, 
shall be fruitful, multiply. But in Genesis 6, 11 and 13, Satan had come to alter that. He says it was violence and wickedness that filled the earth. Violence and wickedness. So God called Noah. Genesis 6, 11 and 13. He called Noah. Genesis 8 and 9. And then Noah preached God's righteousness. In Genesis 9, verse 1 and 2, the same instruction is given by Noah to replenish and fill the earth. So when David picks that thing, the earth is the Lord's. He's saying to you and I, that's God's project, that's his plan. God's dream of the earth is not science and technology. No, it's not. Science and technology is good. There are tools for us, no doubt. God's dream of the earth is not great cars and houses. God's dream for the earth are men and women that become his tabernacle. That is his dream. So, which shows you, look up now, one thing quickly, which means that if God's house is not, now, this, this is not to speak down on any church that builds buildings. You know, I've seen some hypocrites say, how can a church spend one billion to build a building? You know, people are pure hypocrites. You know? Pure hypocrites. But let's leave that out for tonight. So I'm not saying that people that build places for Christians to worship and fellowship. That's not what I'm talking about. But you see, God's value is not things. Is men. Is in men. That's why Paul says, if eating meat, a thing, can make your brother sin, put the meat aside so that you can win your brother. So it shows you where your value should be. See, I value people more than things. That's why the materialism gospel. Now, there's nothing evil in prospering materially. If I, why do you go to work if you don't want to prosper materially? You know, there's nothing evil in prospering materially. But the moment you start to value life with material things, then you are in trouble. You are in trouble. Your car does not value you. Your house doesn't have your value. The billions in your accounts are not the way to value who you are. Are you still there? Are you still there? So, here's David. He says, the earth is the Lord's. The fullness of the earth to God are people. Which shows you, in the earth today, God's mind is on people. If a people, a nation, has advancement in technology and they are so great, they have a lot of, you know, this, you know, innovations, scientific innovations, technology, IT, that's not God's plan. Don't say, eh, you can see, some people like that, they are very ignorant. They'll say, you, you, you are just praying in Nigeria, praying in Nigeria, just doing in Africa, say, go and look at social and so place. They don't have God, but art. Ah, there was one speedy razor, speedy razor. You didn't watch that in the 80s. Speedy razor, go. They say, eh, hey, that's what we're talking about. Ah, look at one speed train. Two minutes from London to New York. That is what we're saying. <laughs> no, sir. That is not the glory of God. Hallelujah. That is a vessel. It's a tool. We should use it. Okay? But it is not the glory of God because it will pass with the using. The glory of God is with men. 
That is why David said, What is man that you are mindful of him? Not the son of man. Psalm 8 verse 4 to 6 that you visit him. Say, you've made him, made him a little lower than the Elohim. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You have put him over the works of your hands. Hallelujah. Man has more value than things. Did you hear me? In your office, in your school, in your estate, in your neighborhood, in your town, in your village, your na- in your city. Ensure that you see people having more value than things. Sometimes someone breaks a cup and that cup, you have saved this in the day of Pentecost. Or he touches your car and the way you go, ah! And you say, and you say, and the whole day your mood has spoiled. You know, spoils. That's your bar. Your mood is bad. Your wife says, honey, what's on? It's B. Who's your honey? You're just you say, what's this going? What happened? So, so your your son and daughter didn't know what's going on. You just go to the car car and say, hey, that is uh, S class 2021 20, model has been bashed. Say, mommy, I know what the problem is. Say, what is it? That is car. Hey, what happened to it? It was bashed. Ah. Oh. So your wife begins to tiptoe. So she's not praying. What's she praying about? Lord. Touch his heart. He moved the love of God from his heart. Hallelujah. Then I'll call you to say, there's one brother in the church. That brother, he has backsliding. You know what? Okay, fellowship with God. He said, eh, what happened? Eh, I will just trust God. God minister to him. You know, these, these Christians of nowadays, they don't want to love God to the end. Mm. Hey, that's my car. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> You've got to value what God values. In 2022, keep your focus on God's word. Is that clear? Make sure what God values is what you value. Value people. Glory to God. See, I value people. So he said, it, the earth is filled with his glory has to do with men. With men. So when you see some beautiful buildings, don't say, that's the glory of God. No. That is the glory of materialism in your mind. Hallelujah. See, there's no materialism on my heart. The life of God is walking through me. I have his thoughts. I have his passion. I have his desires. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. So the greatest gift in life is the gift of salvation. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's the greatest gift. The greatest gift. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's why in our church, now I'm not against that, but in our church we do not have people come up and tell us that they just changed their jobs and uh, they, know, they are no longer managing director now, they are senior managing director. That doesn't happen here. It, I'm not saying it's a sin. It just doesn't happen here. Say, you know, oh, there's this brother here. Hmm. When, when he joined this ministry, hmm. I saw him. He came down from Keke. But just two Holy Ghost meetings and one healing school. One believer's convention. Hey! Hey! It was... Hmm. Oh... Uh, you know what brought him to church? 
Don't forget that. That's like a spiritual song. So wait. So it was an helicopter that landed in cousin. Yeah, I like that church. Come on, look, look at their car. Look at their garage. Look at their car park. Ah, look at their car park. Hey, no single car came from Kutono. Forgive me, forgive me. All the cars are real over. See, that's my next church. You are worshiping idols. Hallelujah. What's our testimony? Lives changed. Glory to God. Born again. Amen. Are we thankful for things? Yes. Are we grateful? Yes. But that is not our testimony. Our testimony is the work of the Spirit. Glory to God. In the earth today. Glory to God. See, I esteem what he esteems. I esteem what he esteems. God esteems men and not things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You see a man come down from a car. You know, I, I told someone, yes, a few years ago we had this anniversary in my class set in Government College. So this, there was this man who was a driver when I was in school. And he retired as a driver and, you know, and he came to greet us and all that. And we looked more advantaged than he was in the natural. Because we came in, you know, we, we were small boys when he was a driver. In fact, he looked at us from afar. He was looking like this. As soon as I saw him try to bow, I fell on my face and prostrated. So a guy now asked me. Because as soon as I did that, other people did it after me. He said, I really admire what you did. I said, honor that has to be monetized is not true honor. Honor and respect that has to do with money and material things is not sincere. Hallelujah. That's why some people respect their parents until they have a job and they have money. He called them, Shago! Please, what's that? And they talk roughly. You look at their own parents and say, yes. And their boss are talking, Shago, sir. Yes. It shows how you think. Hallelujah. Something has entered your heart. It's not the love of God. Say, I have the love of God walking in my heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you there? So, the earth is the Lord refers to people. In 1 Corinthians 10, when Paul was going to refer to it, he said, look, if somebody has a conscience, and that conscience says to him that that food is for idols, Paul says, not because you don't know the word, said because of that brother's conscience, you will abstain from it. So, man over things. Are you there? Man over things. Are you there? Man over things. Are you there? Very good. And that's how, as believers, our lives ought to be. I'm going to show you a, a, a brief story this evening. Are you ready? Very good. Genesis 33. I'll give you the background. The bad part about, or the interesting part about what I'm about to share with you is that the same mentality has been used to interpret this scenario. I must admit, there was a time I interpreted this scenario wrongly. What was it? That, you know, there were, we had Esau and Jacob who were born by Rebekah in Genesis and 25. They are born by Rebekah 
And uh, God showed them in verse 23 that one of them will serve the other. So in this, that same text, that same chapter, we had Esau. Now the birthright principle is not material. The birthright, I've taught you this over the years. The birthright principle means someone who will take on the status and office of either his father or another person. It's called the firstborn right. Now, Abraham is a prophet. Isaac is a prophet. So the firstborn right, the firstborn blessing, he is not material. The firstborn blessing is that office of a prophet. It's a servant office. The firstborn right. The firstborn office. That is, God gave Abraham a promise. God gave Abraham a covenant to fill the earth with his glory. To bless the nations, Genesis 12 and 3, Genesis 15, verse 5, 2 to 6. That's God's promise. And Abraham, Genesis 20, verse 7, is his, his servant. So the firstborn blessing will be an ordination of one of his children who will carry the office. Because firstborn principle is in their culture. And as I've told you before, God simply adopts their culture even if it's temporary. So, Abraham is told by God, is Isaac born by a miracle, not Ishmael. Isaac now begins to see visions and he carries out God's will and purpose. So he got to his own children, Jacob and Esau. So Jacob, knowing who their father was, goes to Esau and says, Esau says, I'm very hungry. Pay attention here. And then Jacob says, well, would you let me have the firstborn right? Now, do not forget that already in that same chapter, God had said, it's Jacob, not Esau. So never think that Jacob got the office by fraud. It's not possible. That story more so, more so showed their character, not God's grace. God's grace had nothing to do with their character. So Esau says, who cares? That's why he said, who cares? He's like, ah, but um, brother Shegu, uh, prayer meeting. Forget about prayer. Uh, who cares? He said, who, who, what does it? Look at what he said. He said, what profit? Say what? Say what? He said, I want to die in verse 32. And you're saying, you're saying birthright. What profit? He shows you the birthright was not financial. Say what? What is he going to get me? What is he going to get? What is birthright? Some people write on Facebook, both the Christians say, You can pray for money till night. You will not have money in your account. You are daft. Prayer is not for money. That, you, you, Africa is praying, but they don't have technology. They don't have industrialization. Go and go to one place where they are, where they are backward. Uh, uh, they are not godly, but they have technology. You are not a serious person. The birthright was not for money. You have the Esau spirit. Esau said, it doesn't give me a problem. Give me the thing. Let me eat it. Well, profit as it was. Ah, man of God. Uh, if, you don't, if you miss that conference, you know, you don't know the grace of God that will be shared there. Said, forget about grace. The one I've been going was, look, forget about it. I have better things to think about. That's an Esau spirit. Everything is profit. Everything is money. Everything is what is it going to get for me? Everything is material, materialistic. Now, notice what happened. The Bible says in 34, he despised his birthright. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, are you in church? 
Hebrews 12 is called in verse 16 a profane person. Babelos in the Greek. It means an ungod, a guy that he doesn't have respect for spiritual things. He can walk into the service and be chewing gum. He can say anything in the service. He can answer phone calls when we are praying. He doesn't care. He says, what's the big deal? So please, don't, don't tie that nonsense with me. And so I say, ah, sir, we are doing Bible study. We have to open the Bible. Say, don't, what's, what's, what's it? Sit down. I, you know, he, he has, he's profane. And when you see men and women of God, he can, he can write anything on Facebook about them. Say, he can call them names. Names. He can, he can, he can, he can, and as I said, some of you, as, as, as great as it looks, ensure that people that are over your life, you don't use nicknames to talk to them, to talk about them. Don't, don't talk anyhow. Is that very clear? So Esau was like that. He said, what's the big deal? Esau will see, uh, the president of America and he will bow. He will see a pastor of a church downtown. He will say, hi, uh, yeah, pastor. That's Esau. Esau would see a wealthy man who has a hundred billion dollars. Maybe Elon Musk or um, Jeff Bezos or Bill Gates or uh, Zach Zuckerberg. Uh, and he said, mm, how are you, sir? And he's, he's all, oh, good to meet you and all that. Then he sees a campus pastor. Whether that's something with your life. Life is just going to waste away his <laughs> Esau spirit. He doesn't care about the birthright. He doesn't care about the blessing. Hallelujah. You know what happened? In Genesis 27, the father eventually laid hands or blessed Jacob, not Esau. And then he said something to him in verse 39. Genesis 27. Are you there? Are you in church? Look at what he says to him. He says, your dwelling shall be the fathers of the earth of the, of, of, of the of heaven from above. It means away from it. That's actually what the Hebrew says. And by thy sword you will leave. Look at that. By sword. By sword you will leave. You will serve your brother. Shall come to us and when shall, thou, thou shall have dominion. Thou shall break his, his yoke from off thy neck. Now listen to this very well. If you read Genesis well, you understand that much of what was said had an eschatological implication. It was a future fact. I'm going to show you something now. So, of course, as the prophecy went, it went after Jacob immediately to go and kill him. He's just a materialistic guy. He doesn't care. Now, he already knows that the father had laid hands on his brother. So, you can see that ungodliness grows from porridge. Now, when the guy was hands were laid on him, he didn't care. He didn't care. He's like Eliab. Eliab said, who, who asked you to come to this place? You this rat, you this boy, you know, and he just talked anyhow. So when you know that God rejected Eliab, you can see it. When God rejected Esau, you can see it. He went after him. He he knew that this boy was carrying the office of the father. He didn't stop. He still went after him to go and kill him. Of course, Jacob fled. For about 20 years, they didn't see each other. Verse 41 says he hated him. He said in his heart, I'm going to kill him. Hallelujah. We have people today, they don't care who you are. If you like, be a man of God. If you be a blessing to the world, they can bring down that man of God. They don't care. It's an Esau spirit. I don't care. 
Say, but God is using. I don't care. What was that for me? Now listen to this. For those of you whose eyes are always shining on materialism. In chapter 33. Watch this. They now eventually reconciled after 20 years. Let me shock you. Esau was wealthier than Jacob. He was wealthy. He was rich. Wealthy. He was, in fact, verse 2 says he had, verse 1, he had 400 men. Now, in those days, they didn't have billions of people. If you have 400 people <laughs> working for you, <laughs> that is Aliko Dangote. He's wealthy. So, Jacob, you know, he came, he was afraid. So, he had brought something for his brother. You know, you know, if you read the story very well, it was actually Jacob who bowed down to Esau. Showing you that that prophecy had nothing to do with the natural. Not at all. Joseph also knew that later on. It had nothing to do with the natural. So watch what happened here. When he came, and he says, I brought some offering for you. Look at what he said in verse 9. I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have to yourself. Can you see? It's still materialistic. Can you see? I have enough. I don't need your ministry. I have money. If I want to buy a house in Dubai tomorrow, it's a text message. If I want to buy a jet tomorrow, I'll call my banker. So, all these ones you say I'm backsliding. Who told you I'm backsliding? I still worship my God. When I was on campus, he told me that I was not serving God. I said, look at me. I, I, I now own six companies. I mean, I'm talking about they are, they are, they are on Fortune 500. I, 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 if I would just got in some capital into our business, and, and they'll be boasting to you. You know, it was, uh, it's to tell you that, you know, <laughs> you think things have gone bad for me. No, $100 million just came in uh, last week. Um, if I, one of my partners flew in last night, we we're going to see the president, and there's a $50 million that I will access tomorrow. A 300 million, the guy is looking at you. You know, <laughs> I thank God for my life. You know. That's Esau. I said, How's your prayer life? You showed me your car. When last you go for evangelism, you say you're just flying in from Europe, that you met with business leaders. Who cares? I'm talking about the blessing. Hallelujah. The blessing to fill the earth. Hallelujah. The blessing to fill the earth. You're talking about money. Are you still there? Now, this is not to speak against wealth. Don't forget, his granddad was a wealthy man. His father was a wealthy man. But that wasn't the point. But the blessing had nothing to do with their material acquisition. In fact, if you check the history of it, you will not like it. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So he was materialistic. Just like Cain and Abel. Cain killed Abel. And God sent Cain away from his presence. From the Garden of Eden. Genesis 4. Do you know that Cain was a wealthy guy? He, was a, he owned a whole city. But you know what? He's cursed. He's not with the blessing. Just like Esau was cursed. A man can be cursed 
from the will and purpose of God and is advancing in the natural. It is not a proof of anything. Say in the years to come, I keep my focus. Hallelujah. You know what your values are. Glory to God. Say, I value God's will. I say, I value God's will. You know, even Abraham, so do you know the blessing? Abraham was wealthy, but it was still Abimelech, Pharaoh, they still helped him. Isaac was wealthy. Right? Jacob still had to work for Laban. Israel still had to take things from Egypt. So the blessing has nothing to do with material things. The blessing is a calling. Say it's a calling. Say it's a calling. Glory to God. What does it do to you? It makes you value people. You begin to see people in God's plan. You begin to live for people like Christ. Live for them. And you know when you when the blessing is working in your life, you know the greatest gift in the world is eternal life. When the blessing is working in your life, you begin to esteem people. When the blessing is working in your life, you know the greatest work in the earth is by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. You will not begin to reckon with material things above spiritual things. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every idol in your heart begins ceases to function from tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your ministry. In your life. You will have money but money will not have you. You will have good positions but those positions will not control you. Your status might grow and increase in this world but it will never control you. Your attitude will not change because you have material things. Hallelujah. Only the blessing will affect your attitude. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet. Sit down. I wanted to say. <laughs> so the blessing, the work of the Spirit makes us to value people. Is that clear? We trust God and we value people. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind and soul. And love your neighbor. Glory to God. We're not to love things. Is that clear? We're not to love things. You have a bad day at the office. Don't get home and fill the house with the glory of your anger. Is that very clear? You love people and not things. So the blessing is working in my life. So the work of the Holy Spirit. So I said here, I said, the, the blessing makes you value people and relationships. You see God's resources are men. Glory to God. Did you hear what I said? God's resources are men. So when you see someone who is in who is in drugs on drugs who is in a cult you are seeing what god is seeing you value the person's life when you see people who are into immorality sexual perversion what you are seeing is the glory of god so you begin to value people you begin to value people because the blessing is working in your life you don't value things above people Someone came to our church one time who was where when uh, about Macaulay. He is a respectable person in the society, and I know him. And the reason why he didn't come back was because he had said he wanted to come to church and be, you know, part of church. He loved this, the, the teaching on Facebook. I'd known him before, so he came in. He came with his orderly, his police orderly, and his security. So he came to church, and I, I, oh, I kid, how are you? So other people were there waiting to see me. 
who were not um, uh, of noble rank like him, but they, they were in prayer groups. They were doing evangelism. They were in study group. They are believers. So as I was greeting them, I was greeting them. And I was saying, how are you? So I was hugging them. So I saw him up to the door. I said, I'll talk to you later. Then I began to greet other people. And then he told someone, he said, he didn't really, there was a way he didn't welcome me well. <laughs> we are done first time out for you. <laughs> and, it's, and we do it very well. This is your first time working for the church for the first time. Stand to your feet. Wow, give me a round of applause. Hey, I won't pick up if I'm... Depending on who is singing. One of them, they, they have different lines. So they're like, your workers is going to do we trust that you had a great service. The word of God is working in your life. Uh, what, can you please give us a few minutes of your time? If you want to see, I want to do things about us, about Jesus, I'll give a blessing the service. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll take whatever you came to church. See, I know that means you're right, you're left. Yeah. He felt, no, I should have said, uh, there's someone in our church today. Yahweh uh, Adonai. <laughs> Hallelujah. I value people. I esteem them according to God's word. Is that very clear? In the coming year, our focus is on God's word and the work of the spirit of God. In our nations, we don't focus on the media. Are you there? We focus on the work of the Holy Spirit. In every place, in every town, and every city. Amen. Hallelujah. So, number one, now I begin to give you instructions in the new year. Value what God values. God values people. If you're a pastor, value the people under your care. If you are discipling people, value people. Think about them. Pray for them. God came to this world to become a human being. Not because he wanted to acquire things. He wanted to acquire men. When Melchizedek told Abraham, he said, possessor of heaven and earth. The word yeah had nothing to do with things. It had to do with people. Because in Psalm 2, the same word he said. He said, uh, uh, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I'll give you the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. It's the same word, talking about people. In Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost come upon you, shall rest of the mean Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So Abraham's possession was people. Is that very clear? That's why Galatians 3a says, the scriptures foreseen that God would justify the ethereal through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham, saying in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. See, I value people. Secondly, I want to talk to you about time. Learn to value time. You know, sometimes we say, God does not live in time. We say it so often, and it's true. God doesn't live in time, but God also lives in time. Whatever we live with, God lives with it. Because he has come to dwell with us. We are God's temple. First Corinthians 3.16 says, collectively we are. And 17. Why? Because the Spirit of God dwells in us. In Ezekiel 36.26, he says, a new heart will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take the out of the flesh. I'll give out the flesh. I'll put my spirit within you. And I'll cause you to walk in my students and judgment shall do them. So I am God's tabernacle. Say so I'm God's tabernacle. So because you live in time, God also lives in time. Time is precious to God. He lives in the two worlds. Take time seriously. 
Do not waste time. Hallelujah. God speaks about time. In Genesis 15 and 13, he told Abraham, he said, in 430 years, when on translation, he said, I will, he mentioned the years that he will come and rescue Israel, the nation of Israel from Egypt, which is Exodus 3 through Exodus 15. In Daniel 9 to Daniel said, he knew by the books, this is the time that Israel ought to be delivered. So which means, God walks with time. Jesus was in the womb of Mary. He was there nine months. He walked with time. When he was 12, Luke 2 shows us he was in the temple. Why is this? Why are they showing us that? Because 12 is the typical age of discipleship. That's the time men set. When he was 30, he began the ministry. And the Jewish time of an adult is 30. So you can see God was walking with time. He walked with time. He walked with time. He walked with their feasts and festivals. He walked with the Passover. He died at Passover. He rose at the first fruits, the new beginning. He rose at the, 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 the end of the Passover. I'm going to say, he gave his spirit at Pentecost. Why did he do that? Because he was walking with their time. He was walking with man, I meant to say. So he walks with whatever is available. So time is a resource. Use it well. Look at me, guys. Do you know you don't have time for everything? You don't have all the time, sorry, for everything. There are things you can only do them now. There are things you cannot do them now. But you must not miss the timings. You can't. You can't play with time. In Genesis 1, when God said, let there be light, and there was light. Genesis 1, 3. And he says, he called the light day, the darkness night. He separated the light from the darkness. Now, of course, that has to do with the spiritual principle, but notice the first thing that was created was time. Period. A dispensation. An age. Time is precious. Use it well. Use it well. Use it well. And the scriptures have two kinds of times. One of them is usually called the Kairos. The other one is called the Kronos. Kronos is basically events, calendar events or calendars. Then you have Kairos, opportunity. God works with both. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. In Matthew 25, why do you think the parable was given? Some, there were ten virgins. They had their lamps. When they had their lamps, and there was oil in them. There was fire. And then they slept. And then when they woke up and the bridegroom had come, the fire was gone. But some had more oil in their lamps. So the fire was on. The others quickly went to get more oil. By the time they were back, the time had passed. The time had passed. Time is of essence. When Jesus is praying with his disciples, he came the first time. He said, guys, let's pray. One hour. He said, Master, we'll do. He came back again. That should be which prayer goes in Monday. Come on, come on. Sorry. He came again the second time. He said, what's going on? He said, Master, sorry, we'll pray. We'll pray. The issue was not the time. Because it's at night. A few chapters after. 
They were fishing all night. Did, did they sleep? <laughs> it's priority. All night they were fishing. They would recognize him in, their, <laughs> in the middle of the night. The third time when he came to them, they said, Master, now we're ready to pray. He said, sleep on. Time has passed. I will miss the time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That is why you must take prophecy seriously. Take leading of the Spirit seriously. Take prophecy seriously. Take it seriously. Hallelujah. You don't have all the time for everything. Don't say, I will serve God. Don't worry. Let me just get, let me get married. When you get married, let me raise my children. When you raise them, let them be well raised. When they are, let them enter university. Till the time has passed. You will not be criticizing people that are serving God. Eh, eh, because you are bitter. You are regretting. Let me make some money first. Don't worry, let me just go abroad. Let me settle down. And you will never be settled. It's not a cause. It's a cause. Hallelujah. Say now is the time to obey God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you have to realize in Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, Paul says, he says, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. He uses the word exagorazo. A word for, that means, we, sin is redeemed. Time is also redeemed. We are redeemed, sorry, from sin. And time is also redeemed. Save time. And the word there is the word kairos. Opportunity. Opportunity to, to attend a meeting. So I say, uh, uh, if I don't attend camp meeting this year, I will attend next year. Who told you you can make such short choices? Whatever you missed this year is gone for good. Whatever you missed in that service is gone for good. There are no duplicates. If God made you to be committed to a local assembly and you are there, you ought to be in all their meetings. Did you hear what I'm saying? Just say, if I don't attend this Sunday, I'll attend the next one. Who told you you can make such choices? I love what Pastor Nebo said years ago. He said, the delayed disobedience is disobedience. You can't serve God at your own time. You can't obey God at your own time. In 2022, that has begun for us as a ministry, you must value the time you have. There are people, watch me, so that you will know that time is not forever. There are people today who cannot pray like you pray because they are not old. There are people today who are dead. There are those who are sick. There are those for different circumstances. They can't do what you are doing. It shows you, you must value time now. Time is opportunity. Opportunity to pray. To study God's word. To be led by the spirit of God. Don't stay on social media and you're just wasting time. Who are you reading on Facebook? Who are you following on Twitter? Don't just say, let me just say whatever is going on. No, you are not the devil. Looking for whom to devour. Keep your time. Value it. Value it. Someone told me one time, have you? Ah, there's one man of God I want you to listen to. I said, you think I have time? I don't have that kind of time. I plan my 24 hours. I plan it. 
You have to plan. Because you are going to give account of the time. Time is of essence. Hallelujah. Say I value time. I use it well. Don't postpone what you have the time to do now. Look at you. You are now a Christian for six years. You don't know how to disciple people. You don't know how to teach. Now, you will now grow old. And you won't know how to lead anybody to Christ. Because you wasted the time. You will know how to, people are now praying a whole day. They can pray a whole day, six, twelve hours. You pray two hours, you sleep. You wake up, you take water. Water with Sprite. When you ought to have learnt it, you wasted the time. You wasted the time. And you know, all backsliders have a fellowship. They are on social media. They just mean they say, thank you, Jare. You, are, you, I don't, you, don't, you don't follow, you don't do religion. You are real, you are practical. All this religion, they say they are praying. What am I praying for? A pastor once said this. I was shocked. He said, I can't pray for 20 minutes. So what am I saying? I said, eh? He said, I just think. Oh. So, if that kind of person is praying, preaching, you don't pray to understand what he's saying. Okay, thank you. So, say I use time well. Say I use time well. So in the days to come, there are three things I want you to pay attention to. Men, talk about at the moment, time and information. Men, time and information. There are supernatural relationships that God has brought you. What is supernatural relationship? It means a relationship you know is of God. And let me mention this quickly. Look up. Your parents are supernatural relationships. Is that very clear? And your siblings. Don't say, eh, is is of God. Because God gives instructions about how you must honor them. That means they are supernatural to you. They are. Praise the Lord. Now there are some relationships, I'm going to show you something in a moment, that God now values much more. We'll see that in a moment. You must value relationships above things. And God brings you to a local church. A local church is an assembly of believers where you are committed to serve God and you are submitted under men and women that God has put over your life. All that evil called e-church. I'm saying it again. I don't care who doesn't like what I'm saying. All that e-church. You know, I have a pastor is online. You are all online lying. It's not true. It's not true. A church is a people definite. With a definite leadership. Accountability. Spiritual authority. In a place. So I said, but can't we have church online? No. You are showing a church service online. Those who are watching it are watchers of the service. Those who are in the, in the, in the video are the church people. Is that very clear? You can give out information online. Like some people are watching us right now. But this is not church. Church is this. Is that clear? 
We have to gather. That is the Bible. And it's never going to be reviewed. Is that very clear? Also, utilize the opportunity to obey God. Obey God now. Did you hear me? John, Isaac, Amaka, Musa, Chagu, Tunde, Bode, Christiana, Janet, obey God now. Samuel, don't postpone it. Take God's word seriously. Prophecies, leading of the Spirit, use them well. Hallelujah. Write this down. Serve God all the time. Pray all the time. Write this down. These are instructions I'm giving you. Serve God all the time. Don't relocate to another nation without thinking about where you are going to serve. Don't go to another state without thinking of where you're going to serve. People change. You know, they plan for everything. They plan for family. We're going to, we're going to move now to Washington. We're now going to move to Spain. You know, and you ask them, what about church? They say, hey, church, when we get there, ah, that's a careless, foolish Christian. If you did not say when you get there, you get a house. You'll find out. When you get there, I'll see whatever job. If it's just be, uh, uh, carrying a McDonald's, I'll, be, I'll do it. You didn't say that. Why you not say when I get there, I'll look for a church? No. You pray. You plan. You ask God whether he's leading you. Hallelujah. Said hallelujah. Serve God all the time. Pray all the time. Let this be your commitment. In 2022, you won't be able to, to count the number of hours you pray in a day. And as you pray, you give thanks all the time. Are you there? You trust God all the time. Watch this. In good times and not too good times. See, I trust God all the times. The good times and not too good times. Don't stop growing as a believer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Guys, are you following me? When I'm talking like, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to those that I'm sensitive. So I was telling me when they said, I learned you said so, so, and so. I said, I wasn't talking to you. Do you see your name on it? He said, am I your pastor? He said, no. Go and meet your pastor. I wasn't talking to you. And be careful. A pastor will talk to his congregation and you'll be writing posts on it on social media. Who are you? Who in the world are you? You better, you better watch where you put your mouth. It's not your business. Hallelujah. Someone told me, he said, I heard you say so, so, and so. I said, say your own. Say your own. Why are you following what I'm saying? So I just want to know, you don't know anything. I'm not answering you. Say your own. So watch this now. Let me tell you how I wrote it in my notes. Keep supernatural relationships. Oh, that's the instruction. Avoid strife. Avoid gossip. Do you hear me? Avoid pettiness. Don't be petty. Say, I refuse to be petty. And because he didn't, he didn't shake you well. Now I say, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe you are becoming petty. Guard relationships. You don't obey God more than you guard relationships he has given to you. Guard them. Avoid strife. Avoid it. 
Avoid it. Say, I avoid strife. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Strife means that you are, you are just contending on an issue. There's division. You can't, you can't talk freely again. In a church, it means that you can't receive from your pastors and leaders anymore. The pastor cannot be, you too as a pastor, don't strive with your members. Don't begin to, you, you now can't minister to them anymore. No! Avoid it. Avoid bitterness. If you look at the very first manifestation of sin in the scriptures, Genesis 4, it was anger, bitterness, strife, the murder. Say, I'm above it in Jesus' name. Please, when I say I'm above it in Jesus' name, I live free from strife, anger, bitterness, division. In my church, I unify the church. I honor the church. I don't gossip. I don't speak at the back. I don't backbite. I walk in the spirit all the time. I watch all my conversations. I guard my heart from conversations that will lead me away from God's relationships, from my local assembly, from the authority there. 2022 for us is a year to strengthen the local church. So you, you, will, you will do good to be smart. You will do good to be sensitive. You will do good to be very, very sensitive. If you have been sensitive before about church and relationship, you are now going to double up the sensitivity. Guard your heart. Satan looks around for loopholes. He won't find a space with me. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I will keep all my relationships with 2022 and beyond. I will guard my heart. I will guard my speech. I will guard my thoughts. I won't read anything that will drive me away from relationships that are meant for my life. Hallelujah. Guard your heart. And guard it very well. The Bible tells us to honor all men. First Peter 2.17 But it says to honor your father and mother. It's the first command of the promise. Ephesians 6, 1 and 2. But when it comes to men and women of God over you, those that labor and teach, give them double honor. That is special. So it's a double honor. Say so like it's a double honor. It tells you Philippians 2, 3 says, you esteem all believers. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 13 says, those that are over you, esteem them highly. So say highly. Say highly. That's God's word. No matter what is in the press. No matter what the news is saying. No matter... Something you heard about some churches doesn't change anything. God's word does not change because of abuse. It's a double honor. Esteem them highly. Ephesians 5 says we should submit to one another in love. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you. Submit your entire life to them. They watch for your souls. For they must give account. Hallelujah. In 2022. Have your honor code sharpened. Is that clear? Make sure you walk in honor towards all brethren. Those of you who are married, Christians, married, you honor one another. You honor your spouse as a woman of God, as a man of God. You honor your children as men and women of God. You honor your friends. You look at them through the eyes of God. And we will see the move of the Spirit like never before. You'll receive in the coming year multiples of harvest of souls. And in, in the name of Jesus, we are going to plunder gangs in Lagos and Nigeria. 
We are going to plunder gangs. Drug dealing gangs. Who have their leaders submit to Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's so much happening in the future. And the future starts now. 2022 year of supernatural harvest for more. Strengthening the churches. Strengthening the churches. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. A year to be focused. To be focused on God's will and purpose. And to live for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Blessing, let's sing that song, Let There Be Light. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. That's blessing. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. I believe that song given by Pastor Wale is a prophecy. It's a prophecy for nations. If you're in any nation watching us tonight, this song is a prophecy. Come up stage. Come. Come up stage. Bless it. Come up stage. Some heights for you, right? <laughs> this is for your, you. It's for your town. It's for your nation. It's for your world. Oh, oh, oh. 
Pursue what he pursues. To see what he sees. To see who he, see, who he sees and how he sees them. Three. The coming year, you take your time seriously. You don't waste time. You obey God on time. You value men more than things. You pursue what he pursues. In your local church, you are not an agent of strife, division, gossip. You are committed to the task. And there, there, there's a fresh flow of utterance 
and all God's men and women around the world. Uh, there's a fresh glow and flow of utterance upon you. This means your words will find its path. It will find its pathways. It will. It will. It will. And you are with those people and it seems like it's a hard ground. Keep speaking. Never stop speaking. As you keep speaking, walls are coming down. As you keep speaking, walls are coming down. In good and bad days. As you keep speaking, words are coming down. Keep speaking. Don't stop speaking. Words are coming down. They are being pulled down. And, 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 and I'm saying this too. In the, in, the, in the schools, in the schools, the secondary schools, the primary schools, as we keep speaking and speaking over the lives of people into their hearts, we, we, we will rescue many from the hands of the enemy. And the churches and ministries should go back to those schools. Go back to the schools. Go back to the schools. And we will correct some that's gone wrong from that place. We will. We will. We will. Yeah, we will. We will. As we keep speaking, the walls are coming down. They are coming down. They are coming down. Yeah, keep speaking. As that flow of utterance upon your life and ministry. Amen. Glory, glory. Say, I have utterance. Fresh utterance. Yeah. It's yours. Fresh utterance. Fresh utterance. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your hands and just thank you. Yeah. Fresh utterance. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have your seats.